0: Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberheber and I'm your host. My guest today is Lynn Johnson. Hi. Hello.
1: Good to be here.
0: So wonderful to have you. And I would like to start with a question that I like to ask first time guests. How did you come to see the world the way you do today?
2: It's what I came for. Um, I started as a child. Uh, I have always had a very close connection to spirit and spirits. And um, uh, I've always been I've always been a close friend with Jesus. Uh, Had many visions of him when I was a child um i've always you know i've i see life everywhere and living creatures everywhere um where a lot of people see nothing but air um i am surrounded by <laughs> by spirits and living things and uh all um all the Christ in every aspect and just when i was a small child i i just knew this and So whatever happened in my life, throughout my life, I had this deep search and longing from a very early age. Um, I used to, um, we lived around the corner from the Catholic Church. I would go almost every day and just either go to the early mass or sit in the pews, uh, kneel, pray, talk to Jesus. I was just really focused on connecting with with uh, God, and just spend my whole life, uh, I was Catholic and, uh, you know, became disenchanted from that. Uh, when I was a teen early teens 12, 13 years old. And uh, then I became Baha'i. Uh, because I thought, you know, the Baha'i seemed to be a very good religion and um, focused on the oneness of all of us and the, and the no differences between us and uh, that God loved every one of us the same. And I knew that that was absolutely true. And it was so different from everything I had learned before in religion. So I was a Baha'i and uh, then again, I started seeing amongst the the people, the teachings, that they were making differences of things. And there were, it wasn't, consistent. And so uh, I started uh, meditating when I was 16. I left home and uh, when um, 17 years old, went and stayed at a um, a kind of a commune uh, with uh, a Buddhist teacher who had come to America. And um, we were, you know, building a um, Meditation hall, building, doing different things together. And I stayed connected with that Buddhist teacher and that group for many years. (laughs) Um, Traveled around, did a lot of different things, but um, was mostly Buddhist. And, but still not really, still not really seeing what it was that I was looking for. And um, then... I started having a lot of, I I got married, I had children, I had a career, uh, became an engineer, did all kinds of things, and um, still having that longing in my heart to be connected spiritually. And so um, at a certain point, uh, I started having uh, problems at work and ended up losing my job. And um, I lost three jobs in a row. I just kept having more problems, more problems. And so I went, uh, uh to a, 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 temporary agency and worked as a temporary, um, at a utility company. And one day at work, I was having a discussion with, uh, this guy, one of my bosses, and we were just talking about this general stuff. And he said, have you ever heard of a book called the disappearance of the universe? and i was like no <laughs> but i knew right away when i heard disappearance of the universe i knew that was what i was looking for because that was my what i knew that that all this was not real <clears throat> and that it that's that so so i took that um uh, prompt and i went right away and bought that book and then i found a course of miracles and this was in uh, 2007 thereabouts and I started studying a course in miracles. and then that was aha, that was it. And I knew that that was absolutely the end of my search. that I had found the thing I was looking for. and I had found the Jesus that was my friend and I had found the Holy Spirit that was my friend. And I had found the the community, that was waiting for me and uh, it was just such a beautiful 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 gift and you know before this i have had you know i have had you know visions and revelations and all sorts of things all of them were completely consistent with this course in miracles and so i knew this was this was my life And so um, being that I was uh, a spirit of service, I looked for what could I do to help and I recognized right away, that going out and teaching the course to people was not what I what I was supposed to do. Um, I knew that what I was supposed to do, and the Holy Spirit told me this, Lynn, you are a bridge. And I recognized that the bridge that I am is the connector from all the different things that I've ever studied, all the different groups that I've ever been with, all in A Course in Miracles community, there are, um, and I know you're familiar and know The the Course in Miracles, Um, there are a lot of different groups. And I, I wouldn't say necessarily factions but there are groups that have their own points of view. And um, I recognize that my job is not to argue for any point or or um, do anything other than to just bridge these together. And so I found um, uh, David Fishman, uh, Dove Fishman, who I know that you have interviewed before, and he had, this program called ACIM Gather for Course in Miracles. And it's a chat room on pal talk. Um, A lot of people come and listen. And uh, uh, there I found a spiritual home. And so uh, gather was my, was my, uh, my family is my family. And uh, so after many years of working with Dove Fishman and and, uh, uh, going through a lot of different things with these different groups. Um, Eventually, I came to be the the administrator of the ACIM gather group. And um, so I run it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, 365 days a year. Uh, We have a radio station, that runs online, you can click into it and listen to it any time of the day or night, anywhere in the world. Uh, We have live teachers who come and um, every single teacher who comes is the teacher. There are no hierarchies in our group in our teaching or anything. Everyone is exactly the same and treated exactly the same. And expected to be exactly the same, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit and to share what they hear. And so uh, that's what I do. Um, my day and night <laughs> is uh, running this program and having all these teachers who come and I do it on Zoom, I do it on uh, PalTalk, which is a chat room forum. And um, then we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, where we'll do live uh, on YouTube and also the recordings go on YouTube as well. So people can go to gather for A Course in Miracles and um, look at recordings of all of the different teachers, all the different subjects. And they're, they, they're doing anything from maybe they're reading a book. Uh, maybe they are just teaching extemporaneously. Maybe they have a group. Uh, whatever it is that they want to share, that's me. I, I give them the ability to bridge whatever it is so that we can all be connected to our own Holy Spirit. Um, so kind of a long story, but, uh, but that's it. That's where I got where I am. And I will uh, ask you if you have more questions. <laughs>
0: Yes, so seeing yourself as a bridge means that you want to give everyone who is sharing a similar message a platform, or are you saying you want to have totally opposing views to be able to share, or is it all about A Course in Miracles?
2: Very good question. It is all about A Course in Miracles. Uh, and it's, it, we, right now we don't have people with any other, uh, points of view <laughs> because it, it, it is all about A Course of Miracles. Uh, but if you wanted to come and read a, um, a cutting through spiritual materialism by Chukam trumpa or you wanted to, um, read a Hindu text, or you wanted to, um, talk about Adi Ashanti, or... You know any of any of the teachers that are in the world now who are um, focusing on the truth of what we are, um, the truth of what uh, what 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 we share together, um, all are welcome. Uh, I'm not really wanting controversy because controversy is that's the egos ball game. <laughs> so. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I I just have a place for people who want to share what the Holy Spirit says uh, to them and through them. And uh, that way, there really can't be controversy. It's, there's no opposing. <laughs> there's no opposite to the truth. Thank you.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask is because I've, I've, Described this podcast as a that I'm sharing here as an interdisciplinary podcast, and it's a science podcast. So, I because I have a background in anthropology, so it's very fascinating to have these many different sources of messages of love, many different ways of approaching the truth, of joining the truth together. So I always say we're walking each other home, as A Course in Miracles says. So that's very important to me that we do that by being open-minded. So yeah, controversy is not necessarily a needed or a part of it, but there are things that seem to oppose each other again and again, right? And so it's very fascinating to see how we are joining and walking each other home no matter what the outer differences may appear to be
2: yes absolutely and and the the outer differences um because i also study Uh, another system called, uh, I'm sorry, my nose is really itchy. I've been (laughs) having a lot of allergies or something lately. Um, But I also study a a discipline called nonviolent communication, which is um, presented by Marshall Rosenberg. And Marshall, his, his point, he was a student of Carl Rogers, as was Bill Thetford, was also a student of Carl Rogers. And his point of view is that uh, we connect with each other with a, something that we call unconditional positive regard, which means that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you do, no matter how you look, no matter what you think, no matter who you vote for, no matter uh, what religion you are, all of it does.
0: Oh to pick up here. the So yeah, every religion and every viewpoint can be seen from a positive regard as you're describing. So I think this is very important that we look into that a little more. And I think it's very important to look at nonviolent communication as well, because I think that's a very important way of joining together to walk each other home.
1: Yes,
2: absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, when I first heard of nonviolent communication, I said, Well, I'm not a violent communicator. I'm I'm a very gentle person. I'm a very loving person. What I began to realize when I began to study nonviolent communication was how much, my judgment was, was just out there and everything I said and did, you know, I didn't even realize it. And that unconditional positive regard that says, no matter who you are, you know, I'm going to love you the same, or no matter what I was not expressing that way. And of course, of course, a miracles calls it practicing forgiveness. And, you know, I was not practicing forgiveness. So, um, uh the um, the whole idea eventually became that um you know I was I, I recognized how judgmental my thoughts were in practicing nonviolent communication, you really focus on those things. And so um, as I began to focus on you know how I communicated with people and what uh, because, what I want to communicate is only love. Um, but so often, uh, the idea, oh, it would be loving to tell this person that um, th- they're they're mean, or they're rude, it'd be loving to tell a person that um, they they voted for the wrong person, you know, the, the, the ego will tell you love uh, is something that Uh, is not what love is. And so when you begin to recognize that, the the actual love that we want to express and that Jesus in A Course in Miracles teaches us to express is complete, uh, non-judgmental love, non-fearful love. Uh, And that, and that's the other thing that I learned from nonviolent communication, that Everyone is doing whatever it is that they're doing because of uh, because of an idea that they have about uh, their own needs and and their own protection. And so you know when we start recognizing that we all have the same needs, everyone has the same needs. We all need safety, we all need love, we all need food, we all need shelter, we all need we all need the same things. And the only differences between us is how we get those things and what, what we do to get those things and what we are willing to share of those things. And so, you know, learning how to do that is just so important. And, um, that's another reason that I do what I do, because I recognize that we are all the same and, uh, my heart's desire is for everyone to have all their needs met. And that your needs being met, doesn't mean that my needs will not be met. Also, Uh, we can all have everything that we want and need, because the universe is unlimited and God is omniscient and, and omnipresent. God is unlimited. The only limit that is here is something that's in our mind a belief that we have, this is my country, this this is my food, these are my, you know, whatever. And and when we recognize that uh, you and I are, we're the same, and we're one being, one living being, and experience ourselves as that one living being, then of course, it's like, you know, I wouldn't want to tell my finger, oh, you know what, I don't like you anymore. So I'm not going, I'm going to cut I'm going to wrap a band around you so that you don't get food and you don't get water. And eventually my finger will die and fall off. And that's what we do to our brothers. We, we cut them off and don't give them what they need. And then we cry because, Oh, what happened here? And the reality of it is to have give all to all is the first lesson of the Holy spirit. And it is the thing that will completely reverse the thinking of the world. And, you know, anyway, that's what I have to say about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe we should expand on to have all is to give all because that that is something that is not typically felt to be true by most people. And in our experience, I. I'm also wondering what it looks like when you actually give all. What are you giving?
2: That's an excellent question. Thank you for that question. What are we actually giving? When we see our brothers as ourselves, and we see ourselves as the Christ, then we can only see our brothers as the Christ. And that is all that you can give. That is everything that is. There is nothing else. We're not talking about the things of this world. This world is a dream. This world is a story that we've made up. It's a story that that is based on death. It's based on lack. It's based on limitation. It's based on fear. It's based on judgment. This world that we have made is really based on differences. And so the only way to break free of the world of differences, the world of lack and limitation and smallness is to see our oneness with it and our oneness with our brothers. This is a teaching that I learned from Buddhism that was so very important is our interconnectedness.
0: So beautiful to speak of our oneness, our interconnectedness. We are, it's a very important thought, and it's a very important experience if you experience it. Have you had that type of experience where you were able to go into the recognition of oneness?
1: There
2: we go. Um, I'm not sure why I keep popping out, um, but I'm not concerned about that either. Um, so yes, I have. Um, when I was a small child, I had lots of um, experiences where I, I felt that interconnection, and of course, was being, you know, kind of, you know, treated like I was nuts because of that, uh, because I did have some crazy ideas, I guess. But uh, when I was um, 17, um, I went to Alaska and um, was up in Alaska. It was just a little about this time of the year. And um, I had um, gone to visit some friends who lived out in the country. I had somebody drop me off there who was driving that direction. And um, I got to their house and they were not home. There was nobody there. And so I sat and waited for quite a while and no one came. And uh, so what happened then is I decided that um, I should probably walk back to town because it was, um, it was uh, uh, getting cold and getting dark. And so um, uh, let's see, uh, my, my other person's coming on. So, so as I was walking um, here, hang on just a moment, I'm going to meet myself. And uh, you can do a station identification.
1: yeah,
0: so these oneness experiences or these welcoming of the experience of oneness is, is really remarkable. and I think I don't know how how often you have those experiences or how deep they go. I personally think that there's that it's, it's very important to have them and it does change your view of things. And to be open for that is, is really important. So yeah, I, I have a lot, yeah, I have there's a lot of, to learn there. Yeah.
2: All right, so I'm back and sorry for the, the little uh, interruption there. So so anyway, so I was out there with, uh, I was out in the country in getting dark, and it gets dark very early in Alaska. Uh, At that time of the year, and so I was walking into town, and as I was started walking, it started raining, and by the time I had gone maybe a mile, it started snowing. It was icy, snowy, blizzardy, freezing, 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 and I was, you know, kind of uh, thinking, well, I might not make it back to town. Uh, And as I got going, you know, I, I I was just praying, I was talking to God. Uh, I was seeing in the snow and in the, uh, as things were whirling and whatever, I could see like beings, it seemed like angels, whatever, um, whirling in the snow. And, you know, I was getting colder and colder and colder. And I thought, you know, if something doesn't happen soon, you know, I was drenched, I was soaking wet. I thought, you know, I'm going to probably, you know, maybe die. I don't know, but I didn't care. Um, But then the snow just stopped, like like answer to my prayer. It was just stopped and gone. And then were the northern lights. Suddenly the lights came across the sky and it was all just bright and bright and beautiful. And when that happened, I went out of my body and up into the universe and looked down at the earth and looked around at everything. And I knew it was me. I knew I was a part of it. I saw myself in everything, everywhere and everything in me. And I was enormous. I was like huge, enormous. It it just feeling so majestic and beautiful. And I thought, well, I guess I, you know, maybe I'm dying. I don't know. But I felt that total connection with all the people on the earth, with all the animals, the, the fish in the sea, the, everything. I felt that whole connection with everything and everything outward as well. I could just feel it all and knew it all. In fact, I do a meditation now where I practice that because that became a part of my soul. And I knew that there was no no differences between anything and everything. And then I just kind of woke up. I was standing outside of the house where I was staying in. It, I, I had gone probably 15 miles walking. I have no idea how I got there, but there I was at the house. And I just went into the house took off my wet clothes, (laughs) put on my night clothes, and I went to bed. And, and from that time on, the whole time that I was in, in Alaska and all that area, I could just see all the living things everywhere. And I could sense all the, and people would walk up to me and say, are you an angel? What, 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 who are you? Because I was just transformed as a person. And uh, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. And then, you know, as time went on, it went away, life came back. And I, you know, but I never actually left that feeling of that connected oneness. Never actually left that feeling of that connected. Even when I'm having a terrible time, I've been in pain, I've been in auto accidents, all sorts of things have happened never lost that feeling of that total connectedness. And this is why I don't, I'm not afraid of anything or anyone. I'm just, I know everything is perfect and for me. And for a long time after that, I also would see words. If it, it, the trees, the leaves would move in the trees, I could see words in them. You know, God loves me. You know, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's one story of
1: experiencing
0: oneness that's that's a beautiful story and a beautiful experience as i can tell so was there you said you didn't have much of a memory of how you got back but on the but when you were in the universe you have this experience of vastness, of majestic feeling of grandeur, or I don't know how you call it. Anyways, beautiful, beautiful feeling of who you are, right? So what's the connection between that and you're saying you were all these beings and you see life all over in everything and so on? Because I don't know, it doesn't sound like the same thing, but you're putting it together as as one. I'm uh, fascinating to hear how that connects in your, in your experience.
2: It's interesting. It connects in my experience now. Um, <laughs> and then I, um, I, I see, things. I see people, uh, you know, if I, if I sat in this room, closed off all the lights, just sat here by myself, I would hear people walking around here. I would know, I would know there. it's like <coughs> it's like, um and and a lot of modern things are really pointing this out uh, in a way that really excites me now, um, is that there we are living in a um, an expanded universe uh, and all of everything is happening all at once. Um, you know, there just was a movie not too long ago called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it's kind of like that. but There's there's a lot of other things um, like, you know, the animated, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or the, the Loki that there's a, a television show where it, all the all the universes are all in the same one place uh, concurrently because there's only one time. And so I experience other beings and other timelines. So, you know, how did I get from where I was standing in the road, probably, you know, I don't know, 12 12 miles from town or whatever. How did I get from there to standing outside of the house? That's, I was already outside of the house. I was never anywhere else. I was never at, it's, It's a situation where once you become aware of it, uh, you recognize, yes, everything's happening all right now. And I, like I said, there are people here, (laughs) there are things here. There are, you know, not necessarily people like bodies and beings like we are, um, but there are living things everywhere. And even the smallest, I, I, I have connection to, Um, my body, each individual little living cell in my body. If I sit here and contemplate it, I can connect with them, the the cells in my lungs, the cells in my feet. They're all living beings. Every single one of them is a living being with its own life, with its own mind. These are not separate. This is not a part of me. This is a, 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 colony of living things that are interdependent on each other. This thing that I think is my body is really billions of creatures (laughs) who all have their own lives coming together in ways to make their life work. So, you know, the, the, the heart pumps, the, the blood, you can, you can feel it, you can know it. It's going. All the little living blood cells are going to, you know, the lungs and picking up the, the oxygen and going to the intestine and picking up the the nutrients and they're all carrying them around. They're all little living beings with their own job. Each and every one of them is the same thing that I am. They have their own. They are, they are autonomous living creatures who work together in a an or as an organism. And you and I are autonomous living creatures in our own minds, part of this organism that appears to be lots of little separate things, but none of them can be. All of them have to be interconnected or they wouldn't exist. They couldn't exist. Nothing could independently exist in this entire scheme of of the world or the universe. And so You know, being aware of that (laughs) and being um, respectful of that, being connected to that um, is like how I'm alive. And I mean, you can move through the world and never be aware of any of this. But I can tell you, you know. A dog can hear sounds that we can't hear. Bees, animals can see things that we can't see. I have cats. They see things we don't see. They hear things we don't hear. Humans, we're so uh, self-centered. We think that that something special is happening when this organism, all these things come together to make me, make me what I am. When in reality, they're all... (laughs) They're all independent, autonomous living beings who are connected to each other through their own, their own basic needs. And, you know, we don't know, they have culture, they have society, they have friends, they have love. You know, we don't know anything about these things. You know, I've seen, you know, electron microscope, microscopic microscopic photos of cells mating, coming together and, and mating and to making new cells one celled creatures they it's not like just a blob these are living creatures and what we are as human we have been since the very very beginning of the universe we were once those one cell creatures only, and then we became two, and then we became multiplied into organisms, into organelles, and, and all the different things. And if you're an anthropologist, you probably studied some biology and probably have some kind of understanding about how these things all work together and how they all come together. And that you can take these cells of a heart, if they're living, and blend them up so that they're all separated from each other, and they will still all beat in the same rhythm. They still all move in the same rhythm because because they're, they're, they're a whole living creature. And what this universe is, is one whole living creature. It's not like billions of different little things. All of them come together to make one life. And that's what we are. And that's, I mean, I sense that. I feel that. I hear that. I know that. You know, I can go out on the street or go into the woods or anywhere, go underwater, anywhere. And I have that sense of knowing of the life that is around me and that is me. It is what we are.
0: That's a very beautiful way of describing all of this. Because I, I wouldn't, I, I can only imagine what that's like to, to experience it that way. <laughs> yeah. So, when it comes to A Course in Miracles and the disappearance of the universe that you read and were fascinated by, and then you came to A Course in Miracles, how did that change the way you see all of this? Because You said it fit, all of it fits together, but but you were speaking about how we made the world or the world is a made world and we are something else and at the same time you're describing this beautiful interconnectedness and oneness of what we made. It's fascinating. so yeah the the oh you're back i think yeah so just interconnect yeah
1: there you are
2: so so yes so the so yes well the, the miracles actually uh as I read it and I read about uh, the, the the Holy Spirit's curriculum uh, time and revelations how things actually work every single thing that I read in the course of miracles absolutely plugs right into uh, of course the confirmation bias of my own belief so as I'm reading it I'm saying oh my gosh yes you know this is how time collapses because you know we when we forgive, the circumstance, and and that's uh, the, the thing uh, I think that um, the Course really brought to me was the knowing that the the reason that we appear to be in this world and the reason that we appear to be a part of this, you know, huge biological um, creature is because we wanted to have an experience that was a, an experience that was outside or different from the experience of heaven. And we, we had what um, Jesus calls in the course, a tiny mad idea. And we didn't say, Oh, that's impossible and laugh about it. We said, Oh, well, maybe we can. And so uh, made this world and all of these, these realms. <laughs> um, as you know, let me see if I can, you know, let, let me see how I can do things. And if I can do things and be separate from God. And what we learn every single time in every single lifetime, every single experience is that we cannot succeed in that experience and live, which is the ultimate thing, you know, if, you know, if you could, you know, experience this world and never die, then you would be proving God wrong but the fact is that everything in this world every cell every every micro microorganism every person every tree everything everything dies every galaxy dies every star dies you know it all ceases to be what it was and becomes something else there's constant change going on god does not change at all and so that's all we wanted we wanted to see what happened if if we could change what god made And uh, every single time we're proved, Oh, no, you can't change what God made. Yes, you will die. (laughs) And so once we begin to realize that um, the only way to actually um, overcome the world is to forgive the world to look at it and say, um, you know, I recognize that this organism cell body thing that I made, is not what god would have made and i don't have to hold on to it i don't have to cherish it i don't have to love it i don't have to want it i can just let it go and return my mind to the mind of god and remember the truth of who i am but as long as i want to continue to search and research and and, uh, you know, my curiosity or my uh, inventiveness or whatever keeps me going. <laughs> I just keep going and going and going and going uh, because, you know, we we can't uh, I- infinitely, you know, eventually we will get tired and want to go home. But, um, you know, right now I still want to know, you know, I want to be here for my children. I want to see what happens. You know, as long as I want to see what happens, I'll continue to be here and that's the way i mean this is what i get from a course of miracles is that when i no longer want the illusion and again that is what this is this this vast illusion vast organism vast time vast you know thing that seems to be so real it's all an illusion it's a it's a thing that we made up so that we could have this experience And when we decide eventually that we no longer want the experience at all, we just want to go home, then you know God's waiting for us right there at the bridge, and we can just you know come on over, and and you know what what this whole thing will roll up behind us like a carpet and disappear, and that's the disappearance of the universe. We'll no longer be here, but I can't do it on my own. Uh, because you know, that would take away your, you know, (laughs) your, your, um, ability to do what you want to do. And so, um, 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 so, uh, uh, you know, I can't take that away from you. I have to just, um, uh, be with you until you don't want to do this anymore too. And, you know, we do it by practicing forgiveness. And this is all I do. I'm just here to be helpful to those who want to um to uh um find the truth about what they are and and
1: come on home. Yeah wow <laughs>
0: a lot to look at. So you might want to turn on your video again. Please. Um the beauty of, of all these ideas is that that we are returning home and then home is is available so the thing is, and of course the miracles, I think it also wants us to feel at home as we are now to to so in, and you were saying you know i'm I was already there anyways right so. And of course, it says you already are at home. So it's all about remembering that you already are there.
2: Exactly. And 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 wanting to be there. You know, I, I, how Jesus tells us in the course, he says, I, I don't have anything that you don't have. I just don't have anything else. <laughs> So, he, you know, Jesus is just like us, but he's let go of his desire to be in the world. And now his whole desire is to help us to remember our truth so that we can all go home. And, you know, people will say, well, you know, if he did it, why, why is it that we're not already home? And it's the, what I said. He wasn't going to take away my ability to figure it out myself. I'm not going to take away anybody's ability to. I'm not going to tell him you're wrong. I'm just going to say, you know, just try this. And, you know, eventually we will all just recognize, I don't, this is not my home. I want to go home and come on brother, walk home with me. And uh, so that's all I'm here. I'm, I'm a handout. I'm a bridge. I'm here to, to walk you home. And uh, I see that you are too.
0: And yeah, the beauty is that there's so many siblings out there, or in here, or whatever we want to call it, and we we have the right to walk each other home. Now, uh, uh, that's you know to say we have the right to walk each other home sounds a bit pretentious, maybe, but it's a it's a beautiful thing because it's welcomed because of who we all are. And this welcome is what we we so desire as well. We want to feel welcome, right? And and of course in miracles and, and in the Bible, it also has the story of the prodigal son where you where you are welcomed. And no matter what you your mind went through what journey you thought you were on or what dream you dreamt or whatever, you're welcome. And uh, that's a very beautiful thing to speak about. And I think you were describing some of your experiences of feeling welcome.
2: Absolutely. And feeling that God loves me. And it's great. You brought up that story of the prodigal son. Because if you listen and read the story of the prodigal son, you know, he was a young man who left his home. His father gave him his inheritance. He went off to town. He left an older brother. His brother stayed there at the farm and worked with dad. You know, the son went out. He spent all his money. He, he, you know, screwed everything up. And he said, you know, I'd be better off, you know, going home and, you know, taking care of my father's, you know, pigs than to stay here and and uh, you know eat what, what the pigs are eating. So,
0: and I think another thought in there is that there's plenty for everyone. That so this welcomeness includes an infinite supply, or a, what it, what would you call it a. Um, An abundance that cannot be rivaled. So it's really, yeah, this coming home to be welcome in this infinite valuedness, if we want to put it that way. So, yeah, it's very beautiful. And, yeah, prodigal, prodigal son actually he thinks he squandered all the riches that he had received he thinks he squandered it to unnecessarily or whatever he feels guilty i think and so in a course of miracles it speaks a lot about guilt as as how we made the world the guilt of this mad idea, this crazy idea that allowed us to dream of being separate or exiled from our home. And yeah, to forgive is to, yeah, forgiving in the way A Course in Miracles describes it actually is a letting go of guilt as well. I mean, in, in Jerry Polsky's book, Love is Letting Go of Fear, it's described as letting go of fear, but it's also a letting go of guilt. Yeah,
1: I can continue.
2: Yeah, that time my whole computer shut down. So <laughs> it does not want me to speak. So uh, so um, I was saying that the story of the prodigal Son and I, I'm sure you probably continued it. So when the son came home, everyone was happy, right? Everyone was so happy. Dad was dad was happy. Dad was having a great time. Uh, brother was not real happy. Brother's like, you shouldn't have left. And you know, you you know, I don't get how come dad's so happy you're home. Uh, brother was not so happy. But have we ever thought? And did you ever hear that story of the prodigal son? And ask the question? Um, at what point in time was the father going to say, come here, son, come into my office. We need to have a chat. I need to tell you how you screwed things up. I need to tell you how unfair it was to your brother that you got to keep your inheritance and you got to spend your inheritance both. How many of us would have expected that from our own father here in this world? And how many of us would have, it ourselves, if our child went out and did something like that. But if you knew how much God loved you, you would know that that conversation is never going to happen. God is never going to say, hey, we need to have a talk. Because all God is saying is, I love you. And I am so happy you're home. I love you. And all I want is to give you everything. And God has everything and he will give us everything. He is our source and he loves us. But when we get to that section in the course of miracles, that lesson that says, I feel the love of God within me now, how many of us sit down and say, yeah, boy, I feel like God loves me. No, we don't. We're like, I don't think so. How could God love me? Look what I've done. Look at what I am. Look at how I screwed up what he gave me. We're so filled with guilt and fear and and just, I mean, envy and whatever it is. We look at our brother and we say, look at that person. What a terrible thing they're doing. Look at these people. They're killing each other. Look at this person, how they're mistreating their children. Now we're not being the, the loving father. <laughs> we're judging what we see. And as long as we judge what we see and find that it is not good enough, we think that God is doing the same thing to us. We think that God is looking at us and not loving us. And the fact is, God loves us all the time in every situation. No matter what we think we've done, no matter where we think we've gone, God loves us. And that's when I say I see all everything. I see God everywhere. God is in this computer. God is in this live stream. God is in the sky. God is in the earth. God, everything I see is God and everything is love love has brought me here, love has given me this, love this always, and knowing that everything is love, everything is God, and remembering that always, 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 then there's nothing for me to judge, nothing for me to be afraid of, nothing for me to worry about, and when God says, come in my office for a minute, I'm going to say, "Yeah." Pops, I'm ready to come into your office and get whatever gift you're going to give me. You know, let's have a drink. <laughs> let's have a party. I'm here for you because I know all you have for me is love. And that's really the difference is when we begin to recognize that everything is love, everything is a gift, everything is here for us, everything has been given, even this, even all the terrible things in the world. God gave them to us. He said, you can do whatever you want. You can go out there. You can kill yourself. You can cut yourself up. You can turn yourself into this or that. You can do all these things. But you can't change what I made. And I will always love you unconditionally. Unconditional positive regard. Which is what Carl Rogers taught us. What uh, uh, Marshall Rosenberg taught us. And what jesus teaches us in the course of miracles so that's really all about all i have to say um and uh, thank you for your patience with my um faulty technology but i know that it's all for a perfect reason
0: so i was speaking about abundance and how the return is all is also the forgiveness process of and guilt is disappearing yes in disappearance of the universe the universe is disappearing so guilt is disappearing right we could say is another way of putting the universe is a symbol for guilt right and, and the way of course a miracle speaks about it is a symbol for our feeling of being guilty for something that Actually, never happened, but we think it did.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what that prodigal son's all about. He, his, his father had endless, endless, endless everything for him, and he just took a tiny little bit and went out and squandered it. But there's endless. There, our, our source is endless. It's only our, our belief in our smallness that makes us afraid and makes us feel like we have to compete there's nothing to nothing to compete about we're here we, we we're given all the gifts and everything. I have a rich daddy who owns everything <laughs> what do you want
0: so what lesson did the so what lesson did the older brother learn because he probably feels guilty for not having went out with all the riches he could have had <laughs> so what is he gonna do <laughs> he gonna do
2: i know and that's what the father tells him too you know the, the the kid goes and says he's you know you killed the fatted calf you never even offered me a goat from you know my friends and dad says. You never asked. I would have gave you a party. I would have given you anything. Because he didn't ask. Because he didn't think that it belonged to him. He didn't think he deserved it because of that feeling of guilt that you're talking about. And even the younger one, he had that feeling of guilt too, but not so much as the older one did. So he wasn't as reluctant to receive the gifts and when the elder one recognized that all the gifts were there for him too he could just let it be all
1: right. so I what you're saying is, is that-
0: that, so what you're saying is that the two brothers then find a way of living in abundance together in happiness and joy with their father and there's no competition anymore now that they have discovered the truth of their source being infinite and their also their inheritance that they're allowed to have everything. Both of them are allowed to have everything and there's no less for either of them because of that.
2: That's right and that's the truth about our situation. Uh, we're the ones who think that we're so limited. We're the ones who think that we're so small. We're the ones who try to hold on to what we have because of that feeling of lack and limitation. And, you know, the, the fact is, no matter what I've ever lost, I'm still here. No matter what has ever happened to me, I'm still here. Even, you know, if if this body was gone, I'm still here. I'm, there's no loss possible because what we are is not, has nothing to do with this world, has nothing to do with this, this thing that we've made. And, you know, that universe that I experience, you can either experience it as uh, a veil of tears and trials and tribulations, or you can see it as a love fest love is everywhere and in everything and that has been my experience it's it's been my experience my whole life it doesn't matter whatever happened to me i've always experienced that all it is is love and love is really the only thing that has any value or makes any sense
0: so maybe you'd like to continue the story or the of your life where you you were a temp and then things and then what happened after that
2: oh then what happened after that I was having, <laughs> actually um yeah i started um uh um i don't think i i, I didn't get any other jobs after that um i uh actually had, uh, I, I did eventually get a job, but I was, I, I started working with um, uh, another teacher who had done a, um, uh, uh, a book called the uh, Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. A um, uh, lady named Regina Dawn Akers who heard the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit uh, told her to take the Bible and to read it and to uh, that, that he would give her new interpretations for uh, what, what she read. And so she did that, and she made this book called The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament. And um, she wanted to start an organization. She wanted to start a church. And so I worked with her to start a church, um, which is called Awakening Together. And uh, they're on the internet, you can look them up, awakening hyphen together. Um, uh, and it's Regina Don Akers is her name. Uh, so uh, I worked with her, uh, getting her church going. And then um, after a while, um, I ended up um, going to work with another lady named Lisa Natoli. And Lisa Natoli is also a teacher of A Course of Miracles her and her husband Bill free. Uh, So I worked with them, we developed an organization called the Teachers of God Foundation. And the Teachers of God Foundation is now kind of worldwide ministry, um, based on A Course in Miracles. And uh, they also study a couple of other different teachers as well. Uh, And they all they have great seminars and workshops and all kinds of good things. So I worked with them. And um, then I really started working more with, uh, David Fishman on, um, ACIM gather for a course of miracles. Um, and we went from, from there. Um, I did, um, uh, eventually, uh, <laughs> I did get a job, a short, <laughs> short term job. I'm an environmental engineer. And so, uh, I got a job doing, um, environmental, uh, safety and health for a solar company. And while I was working there, I had an accident and was um, severely injured. And so after that, I basically haven't worked ever since. For uh, you know, company, I went through a long time of of uh, you know being really poor and living with almost losing my home and almost losing everything. Um, but then, um, hang on. Um, so I went through that and, uh, uh I don't know. It, it just seemed like, um, uh, everything just came together eventually. And I just started just doing this, uh, forum for these teachers and running this teaching forum all, you know, like I said, 24 hours, I have three computers that I run it on. And, um, uh, so, uh, I, you know, that's what I do now all day long <laughs> is, is teach, talk about A Course of Miracles, uh, meditate, uh, practice. Uh, I still do the lessons every day. Um, you know, I, even if it's only 365 days, I do every single one every single day uh, because they're great uh, teachings for, you know, uh, today, I will not be afraid of love today. What a great teaching that is and how much we can learn by remembering that not to be insane <laughs> is a decision not to be insane. And, uh, you know, I need that reminder once every 365 days. Um, it's every single one of them is perfect, but I teach on that. I teach every day. Uh, I have groups that I run, um, every, you know, three or four times a week. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Oh, five times a week. We have groups. Um, and, uh, uh, in the groups, everyone is equal teachers. We all share the same and, um, you know, that's my community and that's my life. And, um, you know, besides that, I, I, you know, in my personal life, um, you know, I have, a, a, um, a um, a different kind of marriage relationship. So I have both a husband and a wife. Um, and that's a whole story that i won't go into uh other than you know he fell in love with another woman and uh i said okay (laughs) you can have a love is love i don't care i'm that i'm not i don't have a personal stake in any part of it um i'm not that kind of i'm not i'm not the normal person of the world and uh you know i you know live here in my house with my you know, family and Mars and cats, and uh, I teach some miracles. <laughs> That's my life.
1: Yeah, quite
0: a quite a story, and to to go through that realization, you can't do anything other than that, right? Because you know, I guess that accident led to you not being able to do any regular job where you'd with any any big deal of physical movement or activity you probably couldn't do any job where you had to focus all the time in a certain way because of the difficulties you went through so this is fascinating that you're uh, of course, the miracles and its message and, and all the things there are something that are available to you to do.
2: Well, it was, you know, Jesus gave that to me from, from the very beginning. He told me three different times throughout my childhood and uh, youth. He asked me, would I help him save the world? And every time I said, yeah, but how? <laughs> And I, and I thought I could figure out ways, oh, maybe, you know, save the oceans, save the whales, save the, the forest, save the people, save the animals. You know, I went through all kinds of trying to figure out how to save the world. Uh, but then I found A Course of Miracles. And in, in the same, he says exactly the same, you know, are you not ready yet to help me save the world? That, he, that I recognized that same voice. And uh, I said yes, and now I know how and the, the the way that I'm saving the world is by joining with my brothers in this oneness and uh, walking them home, holding their hands and walking them home. So, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, pretty much my life. I'm, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, I do have some physical handicaps. I'm blind in this eye completely partially blind in this eye. So You know, I don't see so well, obviously, Um, Mary, you know, I have no physical injuries that made it so I couldn't do a lot of the work that I did before, which included a lot of hiking and moving around and climbing things and doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, not that anymore. And, you know, I I think, you know, you just like, you know, you got to stop, (laughs) That's what I think. I think, you know, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I need to get a job so I can have some money. And Jesus said, okay, you can get a job so you can have some money. But then you got to stop. And I'm going to make sure you stop good so you don't start back up again. You know, I I don't, you know, you might think, well, that's kind of harsh. But really, it's not at all. You know, I have really lost nothing. I have lost nothing. Uh, I don't mourn not being able to see I don't mourn not having the physical capabilities of doing so many things. I'm not unhappy about it at all. I'm as happy as a clam about everything. So, you know, he knew he knew me and he knew that I was willing and able. Uh, I just was a little stubborn there at first. But uh, I just couldn't see how how am I going to live if I can't make money? And so, yeah. I didn't have to make money anymore because now I get money from the government (laughs) and I got money from the company that I worked for that, you know, took care of everything that I needed to be taken care of. So, uh, no. And if I hadn't had that accident, something else would have come up because he takes care of me in all situations. Never, never, never not taking care of me.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a a very powerful faith in, in Yeshua and his and the parent to take care of you, and that's something that is is not doesn't come easily to some of us, right, or some people, so. And you were speaking of how you've had a connection with Yeshua since you were a child. And so maybe you'd like to describe what, what it's like to actually have that relationship. And in what ways do you suggest that one can recognize that it is already the case, as the
2: Course in Miracles says? Well, that's a great question. Yes, absolutely. Uh, since I was a child, when I first heard about um, Jesus, uh, I, you know, I knew he was my friend. I just knew that, and uh, you know, they told us that. You know, why did you know Jesus loves you? And Jesus loves the little children. I believed that, and so I just looked for Jesus everywhere, and um, I know. I had an experience when I was about four, and, uh, and I told you I used to like to go and sit in the church and uh, sit in the the pew, and uh, you know, in the Catholic churches here in America, uh, probably all over. There's the like in the very front uh, over the altar. There's this big crucifix, you know, with Jesus hanging there, all you know, and. Uh, <laughs> i looking all sad blood dripping down his face and, you know, a big gash inside and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, in you know, I used to look up at that, you know, and, and I, you know, in my mind, I'd be talking to Jesus. And one day, um, Jesus turned his head and looked at me and winked his eye and then turned his head back and was back like that again. And that's when I knew, Oh, that's not really true. <laughs> what what they told me about him was not really true. And and then yes, I did hear, um, not so much in words, but just in knowing knowing that um all the stories that they told me about, he was suffering. He told me I that was nothing, I wasn't suffering. And I realized, well, yeah, how could you be? Because A, you were friends with God, you knew him. <laughs> He's your dad. You knew your dad. Why would you be afraid? Why would you think something bad was going to happen? And why would you think he would let something bad happen to you? So if you already knew that, you know, so what, you know, knock me around a little bit, hang me up here, whatever, you know, I may be, I may die, but you know what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back and walk around and, and say hello to you again. And, you know, that he knew that how could he be afraid and how could he suffer? I knew that when I was a little kid, he never suffered. You know, that the, the, my parents didn't like to hear that. And the nuns at school didn't like to hear that. And I didn't say that to people after I recognized it was not ha- a nice thing. People wanted to hear. I recognized, no, he did not suffer. And um, so that, you know, that coming to that re- realization that he didn't suffer and that he was always there. And he would just, you know, point things out to me, tell me things, show me things. Um, Give me the answers on quizzes at school. You know, I was brilliant in school. I man, I could, I could, uh, I, I could pass any test. I could write anything. I just like things just came to me and I just knew so you know i didn't really have to even study or wonder about stuff it just came to me i just knew and i always attributed that to this jesus person who was there with me not like i could see him as a body but that i knew him as a being and um, he's always told me everything i ever needed to know everything i've ever needed to know and i mean even now, you know I, I run this whole technology thing. I have not I'm not a technology person I don't know anything about computers. I know nothing about any of this stuff but if I ever need to use it, I know how. I know exactly what to do. I know the steps I need to, I don't need to even wonder. I just know because he just gives me everything I need and tells me everything I need. you know I could. I got through school, I've got four different degrees, um, 4.0 every single time, Um, never, you know, never wondered about anything, always knew everything I needed to know, and if I didn't need to know it, it never came up. So, uh, I mean, that's the experience of having Jesus. It's not that, you know, he's telling me secret stories about the universe. Although he does, because I can see when I read the course or I read any book, anything I pick up, I can look at it and and know, you know, I can read what the Holy Spirit has to say about it. I can experience the truth of what it is, even if it seems like it's not true. Even if the world would tell you, no, that's bullshit. I use my language. I know it's true because everything is true. (laughs) Everything is true. The Holy Spirit is like a coin, you know, a coin has two sides. You know, the one side you can see the world looks at. The other side is where the Holy Spirit wrote a message about everything. So I just flip it over. And, you know, if I find a coin on the street, I'll pick it up, flip it over, you know, and always it says here in America, not in maybe other countries, in God we trust. And that's it. I just flip everything over and see God's there. God's here. There's nothing to fear. Everything is perfect.
0: Wow. So another thing you said, which was fascinating, is that Jesus was telling me, telling you, sorry, not me, but I think me as well, but other people as well. To save the world, while and you can't save the world because you can only change your mind about the world. Now, the in a course in miracles terms. Now, you you say he then showed you how to participate in saving the world. Now, who wouldn't want to participate in saving the world if they knew how? And if it and then the other thing that you've been just sharing is how you're studying and all these things were effortless to you because of being in relationship with Jesus. Now that's something that many of us probably can envy (laughs) if we want to, But but you were also trying to describe that envy becomes unnecessary when you open up to to the truth of who you are. So there's a lot in that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, you can do it. Anyone can do it, and it's interesting. I was listening to a an interview with Helen Schuckman, and uh, the interviewer was asking her about you know hearing the voice, and she goes, "Oh, you could do it too. Anyone can do it. You just have to be willing and just open, and you can hear you know hear Jesus. You you can hear it. Anyone can, and I'm like, yeah, you can." But we don't think that what we're hearing is Jesus. We're making all kinds of exceptions and excuses for why that's not true. We try to bring the logical mind and say, oh, well, but, you know, if it was really Jesus, he'd be telling me this or that. And But the answer comes, the thing comes to you right away. And you know exactly what, what needs to be said or done. But we argue with it because we think, we want to have our own input into it. We want to have our own. Uh, my think make it work. My think will never make it work. So uh, that's a <laughs> that's that, that's a little bit of a mistake that we make uh, with it. But but yeah, um, it's it's like you know I'm the first times I was reading the lessons of a course of miracles. And they all said, you know, things like, you will have an experience today. And I would go through the day and I would think, yeah, I didn't have this experience that you were telling me about. Uh, But then I started looking back at my experiences and I recognized, you know, I experienced, you know, if the, if the thing said, you know, today I will judge nothing that occurs, uh, I'll look at my experience and say, oh yeah, I judged. I experienced judgment. I experienced judgment. I experienced this. I experienced, I had all kinds of experiences that were the opposite of the experience that I was being offered, and so when I recognized that my judgments were what were um, uh, crowding out my ability to to recognize my experiences, because even you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day they said, you know, I woke up, I had this great feeling, I felt connected, I felt like the Holy Spirit was with me, I had all these wonderful feelings. And you know, then, you know, after that, I got mad at this, and I got upset about this, and I got, and they went on a whole tirade of all the things. And they said, What happened to that good feeling that I had? And all I could say was, what happened to it? (laughs) You woke up with a great experience. And you decided, I would rather judge this thing, that thing, or the other thing. I'd rather be afraid of the world. I'd rather make up my own mind about what's going on. And as soon as the mind gets involved, the experience is eliminated. We don't experience it because we 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 want to experience something else. We want to experience that judgment. And... Uh, again i'm going to have to uh, take a short break here so i'm going to mute my mic and let you go on
0: well it's getting time to wrap up anyways so yeah this was a conversation with lynn johnson or lynn holmes johnson and she's been sharing about the beauty of being connected with jesus christ and how that has influenced her life so i would like to thank you for having joined here and allowed us to partake in your thoughts and what and your experiences and the offer to join you on your network and i will offer anyone who wants to come on the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast, you can let them know they are welcome to contact me. So I'm, I'm happy to receive that. Yeah. And thank you everyone for joining here and listening and making this possible by supporting it. Please support it in many way, as many ways as possible if you like it, like reviewing the podcast, spreading the word about it, or even just becoming a guest, or ask, or sharing with others that they can be a guest here, because I love any message of love that can come through here is so important, and is as, as Lynn Lynn was sharing, it's actually the the way we are able to support the salvation of the world or our own salvation, right? Or, allowing ourselves to accept the atonement and joining in walking
1: each other home.
2: Thank you so much. What a wonderful, uh, wonderful afternoon. And I'm so grateful that you contacted me and I will set you up with some of our other folks too. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you as well. And we already mentioned Dove Fishman, of whom Lynn was speaking fondly, is has also been a guest on the podcast. So that's something you can listen to if you haven't already. And many other people have been guests here on this podcast, and there's so much to listen to. So thank you, everyone, and blessings to you all. And till next time.